want you to know I love you. And I'm not saying that before I preach because I'm fixing to bring a switch out or anything like that. <laughs> about whoo, see anybody tense up? No, it's not anything like that. Uh, one verse of scripture before we get started tonight. While you're standing, just one single verse. It's funny how just one verse can get your mind going sometimes. Galatians five and seven. Galatians five and seven. Paul writing to a church that he had worked on, established, and they were. Going through some things, had people wanting to change who they were. And uh, he even, one point in the letter, called them foolish. And said, he said, I just would learn one thing from you, having you know, begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And he began to remind them that uh, they need to stay true to what they've been taught so much in fact that he said if anybody comes and preaches another gospel to you even if it's me or an angel from heaven then let them be cursed so don't don't accept anything else and he said this in verse 7 of chapter 5 speaking of their walk he said you did run well did Something's changed. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And I want to preach for just a little while tonight on this uh, thought, unchangeable you. Unchangeable you. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love and praise you tonight. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for the word that helps us, that feeds us, that carries us through. Tonight, let our hearts be ready to receive it. Let it help us to make up our minds. Lord, let us fix ourselves as we run this race. And we thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap before you're seated tonight. Praise the Lord. God's good. Thank you for being here. And unchangeable you. Almost sounds like a song or something, doesn't it? That's the only thing thing I could think of that made sense, but as I was reading this tonight and thinking on things that our church goes through and people go through, and uh, you know, and that's uh, one of those topics, change, because that is something that we preach right off the bat, is that people have to change. You You have to. You know, I'm not saying everybody changes at the same rate, but there's going to be a change. If you repent, that's change. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, change happens. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, change happens. The Scripture says that if we're in Christ, we are now new creatures. So old things have passed away, all things are made new. We have changed. There's no doubt that change happens when we come to God. We want change to happen. If you don't change when you come to God, nothing did happen. There's going to be some form, even if at the beginning it is in the smallest sense of it, change. It may be change that only you notice right off the bat, but there will be something happening in you because the living God of all creation cannot move inside of you without something changing. It's going to change. So, uh, we understand that, but once that change has happened, we have to now take on the mindset of being 
unchangeable, where we're not going to be carried about with every wind of doctrine. There's scripture with, a, with prescription to help with that in uh, the fivefold ministry for, that is given for the perfecting of the saints so the man of God can be complete and be thoroughly furnished and so that we won't be just going here, there, and everywhere, but we will stay on course. We are told to follow him. We are told to enter in at the straight gate, and uh, we are told to not let our feet turn to the left or to the right. And so there's many places where the Scripture lets us know that once we begin this walk with him, we do not change. He was like that with Israel. He, said, he gave them the commandments, and he said, Now uh, you be very diligent to keep all the commandments that I've given you. And don't be going around and, and flirting with all these things that are in this other land and these people that serve other gods. Don't be joining yourselves. Don't be changing what I said to do. So once we are changed, we become like him. We become unchangeable or we should become unchangeable. But there is always someone or something or even that old enemy that goes about as a roaring lion, that old devil, that is trying to ruin your run. You did run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey through? Who has changed the way you run? Or what has changed the way that you run? Whatever it is, I'm telling you, whatever's going on, it doesn't want you to have the same testimony of the Apostle Paul who said, I have finished my course and I kept the faith. I need to remind you tonight, I preached last week that the trial of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes. And then we are charged to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. In other words, don't be changing what you've been taught. I believe it was John wrote in one of his letters. He said, let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, then you shall continue in the Father and in the Son. And so if, if you want to continue and you want to keep going and you want to keep running well, then what you heard at the beginning uh, don't let anybody change that. Don't let any situation change that. Don't let this world change that. Don't let anything change what got you where you are. Oh, I've seen people so excited about this message at the beginning. I've seen them so excited as they were filled with God's Spirit and felt what it was like to be cleansed from that sin as they went down in water in His name. But as soon as this message touched their life, and I'm talking about their habits and their hobbies and their interest. All of a sudden, they want to change it. Well, I've got the same Holy Ghost you have, and I still like this, so I must be. But you haven't let God change you. You haven't let God direct you. The Bible warns us and tells us, it says, do not be conformed to this world. And I'm going to tell you, the world would tell you today. Just do what you want to do, and you're going to be all right. And, and hey, you know what? If you don't even ever talk in tongues again, you'll be okay. And, and then, you know what? You can come over to our church. No, we don't pray people through the Holy Ghost, but we got the Spirit. See how people run and dance? Hey, people run and dance all the time without the Holy Ghost. 
You don't let things uh, change you. And you don't let things change you from believing the message that you believed, that found you in an altar, that moved you to pray, that moved you to the water. You don't turn around on the message. You don't turn around on what God laid down. You'll turn around on the Word. I, I can see people walking away from church all together than walking to a church that doesn't preach the truth. That's, that is mind-boggling to me. Once you have believed this one God message, once you have believed in Jesus Christ and baptism in his name and have been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, once you have experienced that, how you go to a church where they don't preach that, teach that, don't even believe that, don't pray anybody through the Holy Ghost, not trying to baptize nobody, not trying to get anybody saved, just wants everybody to feel good so they'll come back next week. A lot of feel-good messages out there today. And you can feel good all the way to hell. But you, let me tell you, I'm going to feel good all the way to heaven. I'm going to feel good in my trials. I'm going to feel good in my test because I know that I have reserved for me in heaven an inheritance that's not corruptible. It's undefiled and it fades not away. Paul said there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me and not me only, but all of them that love his appearing. But I'm going to tell you there's something today that would love to change you from who Jesus made you. Guess what? It was true when you believed it. And it's still true today. It was true when you obeyed it. And it's still true today. And we don't get to sand it down. File it off. Sharpen it up. Repaint it. Repackage it. Repurpose it. Rebrand it. Or resell it. I told you I loved you, didn't I? The enemy has never wanted... God's children or his creation to be what God intended them to be. So he whispers to his creation in the garden and causes them to believe a lie. Eat of that fruit and you will be more like God. You will not die. And so Eve is deceived and then Adam disobeys. Adam wasn't deceived. He just disobeyed. But it changed who she was, and it changed who Adam was, and it put them in a different place. We need to run a good race. We need to stay on course and not be changed by the things around us. Don't let circumstances, don't let the world, don't let anybody have such a voice in your life that it changes you from who God intended you to be. Listen, sometimes, you know, that's what Wednesday nights is about. It's just where the rubber meets the road. And it's how we make it to heaven. Because I'm going to tell you that people with great, wonderful, sweet, kind words would lure you right away from the truth of God. Oh, there's people that are writing bestsellers that are pulling people away from the truth. 
There's people on the TV shows and the radio programs pulling people away from the truth. Celebrities that talk about how much they, how spiritual they are, pulling people right away from the truth. Let me tell you something. God gave you a voice in your life. It's this word, number one, and it comes across a pulpit somewhere. It comes from a preacher somewhere. We need, people say, I don't need a preacher. How you figure? The Bible says that God chose the foolishness of preaching. It is the preached word of God that inspires faith in people. And how can we please God without faith? We can't. You need a preacher in your life and not only just to, to sit there and listen to him. You need to obey what he's saying. He, and he needs to be accountable to God. And he needs to be preaching the truth. Let me tell you, there ain't nobody understands uh, what this job means more than the man behind this desk. Whether he's doing it right or not. But every time I walk behind here, I, I, especially in the last year or so, in the last couple of years, I've kept that one line sentence in my mind that I heard Brother Anthony Mangan, he was preaching. He said, I do not have a sermon to waste. And I tell you, I come in here on Wednesdays and I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I, I got a, a drawer full of sermons. I can just pull something out from 2010 maybe and, and let's just go over that again. Let's just preach that again. It was good. But what do we need tonight, God? Who's going to be here tonight, God? Who's going through something tonight, God? I need something that's going to help keep people where they go. I need people to, to be unchangeable as they walk this walk. I need them to, to be strong as they walk this walk. I need us to get through. And so to run this race, uh, the writer in Hebrews told us how to do it. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin. Get rid of stuff that will change you. Get rid of things that change you from being the person that you know you are. Get rid of the things that have stopped you from praying. Get rid of the things that have stopped you from reading. Get rid of the things that have stopped you from worshiping. Get rid of the things that have stopped you from witnessing. Get rid of the things that have stopped you from living every consecrated part of your life that you used to do. The things that you used to would never be seen in public doing, and now you're doing them. Get rid of that stuff. Move that stuff. He said, whatever it is, sin and wait, get it because it. Easily, easily, easily. It's not even hard for it. It just easily knocks you off course. We think, I am so strong, I'll never fall. But I want to be like the psalmist that said, Lord, make me to understand just how frail I am. I want you to make me understand, Lord, just how weak I am. Because you'll be careful with something that's frail. You'll be careful with something that's breakable. You'll be careful. Oh, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm strong. I got power of the Holy Ghost. But you don't understand how easily it can break. How easily you can be damaged. Uh, because all it takes. Because listen, the Holy Ghost not going to live in disobedience. It's not going to live in walking away. It's not going to live and turning away from God and doing things, picking up things that's not of God. The Holy Ghost doesn't okay that. And we can get far away. That's why we got a jar full of names right here. You know how many of them names are people that are filled with the Holy Ghost? 
Don't ever think that it can't happen to you. I'm not saying live in fear. Just understand what you got and how precious that it is and take care of it. Nourish it. Bring it up. Feed it. Take care of it. Why is it that when we are given a new life, or why is it that people get a new life and they stop taking care of it? When the man came to Jesus, the ruler, he said, my daughter's sick. She's dying. Jesus said, I'll go with you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's heal her. Let's raise her up. Before he gets there, don't bother him anymore. She's dead. Jesus said, don't fear. Just believe. And they go there, walks in the room. Jesus raises her up from the dead, presents him to the mom and dad. You know what Jesus said? Give her something to eat. Now, why would you need to be reminded to feed your child? But let me tell you, when Jesus gives us new life, you better give it something to eat. Or it will starve to death. That new birth happens, and oh, it's exciting. You know what? You got to feed it. You got to have a little baby. Mamas, come on. Got that little baby right off the bat. Trying to get it to nurse, trying to get it to feed, trying to get something in it that's good for them so that they can be strong, so that they don't get sick, so that they can grow and begin to, to be all right. You don't get a brand new baby and say, wow, it's brand new. You know, it'll last a while. That's about all they do. It'll last a while. If you don't feed it, it'll die. And if Jairus' daughter didn't get fed, no matter if Jesus raised her from the dead or not, she's going to die. And if you get born again and have new life, if you don't feed that new life, it'll die. You have got to feed the miracle that God does in your life. He's not going to plug an IV into you and sustain you. You have got to draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. I've got to take what he has given me. The Bible says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation. I'm going to take what he's offered. I'm going to take what's in that cup. I'm going to drink it down. I'm going to have it. It's going to nourish me. I'm going to read in his word. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost so I can be strong. I'm going to fellowship with the saints. I'm going to make sure that I am feeding this new life, feeding this miracle. Because you stop eating, you start changing. You know what happens to someone... You ever see anybody going them hunger strikes? Not going to eat, not going to drink. And all of a sudden they look like they've been in a concentration camp. You'll notice it physically. You'll notice the outside first. It'll start looking different. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight. Be unchangeable. Once God gets hold to your life and delivers you, you be unchangeable. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm not picking that up. I'm not doing that again. I'm staying away from it. I am sticking with God. And so he said, these things will easily beset you. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience has her perfect work. So that's running well. How do you do that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. No matter what came against him, he did not change. 
He didn't curse them. He didn't turn his back on them. He didn't change. It didn't matter who they were. He was always the same. He said, I could call angels and could be delivered. I don't have to do this, but I'm going to. He didn't change. From the time he got here, he knew to this end was I born. And I must work the works of him who has sent me. He knew why he was there. He knew what he had to do. And he did not change while he was on this earth. And he said, you need to consider him and how he endured lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. And then you change your ideas about is this really worth it or is that really necessary? That's the, that's the big one today is, is that really necessary? Well, you used to not even question that if it was even necessary. If you find yourself questioning things that you used to, to uh, tell other people about and you used to live proudly, Maybe it's time to check and see if you're getting a little weary in your mind. But Paul said, don't get weary in well-doing. Because if you don't faint, you're going to reap. And I want to reap one day. I want to I reap that reward. I want to keep my eyes. So he's saying, the way you run this race is not looking unto that great cloud of witnesses. Because the only way they got to where they were by looking at him. If you want to be like them, then look at him. Yeah, they're the examples, but the only way they got to where they were because they looked at him. And so I appreciate the great cloud. Glad to be a part of it. I feel like we are, even in the church today, that we are part of that great cloud of witnesses. Uh, But if I want to be like them, I need to look at him, keep my eyes on Jesus, and then consider how he endured. In Isaiah 50, Verses 6 and 7, there's prophetic scripture concerning Jesus. And it came to my mind today just one word in it because it means something that is hard, that it will endure. And I'll, I'll read it here. In verse 6, he says, I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded or ashamed. And therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. In other words, he's saying, you can do your worst to me, but I have made up my mind. I will not let it change me. Because the only way I'm ever going to be ashamed in front of the Lord is when he says, why did you stop? Why did you quit? How come, you're, how come I can't say, well done, good and faithful servant to you? And, and the Lord is talking about what they did to him, how they whipped him and beat him, plucked the, the beard from his face and, and spit on him and, and mocked him and all the things that he went through. And he said, it did not change my mind about what I was here to do. I didn't fight back because I knew that God was on my side. I didn't quit. I didn't give up because I knew that God was with me. He said, I know that I shall not be ashamed. I know that when this is over, it will be worth it. When he was hanging there and people were walking by, he saved others, but he can't save himself. They had no idea 
what was about to happen in three days. They had no idea what was coming uh, in about 53 days after that. They didn't realize that this was all part of the plan. And Jesus hanging there, suffering and anguish and dying, but knows that this is all going to be worth it. And if it didn't change him, don't let it change you. Don't let nobody shame you into not standing for the gospel. Don't, hey, ladies, don't let nobody shame you for taking a stand on who you are. Men, don't let nobody shame you for taking a stand on who you are. Don't let, hey, church, don't let nobody shame you into take, because you take a stand for Jesus and won't go along with the crowd. Don't let it change you. If there is one thing about Jesus... We say, I want to be like him. We've probably prayed at times, Lord, I want to love people like you love people. The Bible says for us to forgive others as he forgave us, to forgive like him. And, and let's, let's show mercy like he did. And, and what would Jesus do? I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus. You know what I want to be like Jesus? Unchangeable. Because he doesn't change. Galatians 4.19 tells me that Paul is desiring for the church. It's the same today. We desire for Christ to be formed in us. In Colossians 1 and 27, it says that Christ in us, that's the hope of glory. So we've got to have him in us. And so if he's in us, we think, whoo, he's in me, and boy, that's why I love people. He's in me, that's why I have compassion. He's in me, that's why I have faith. And he's in me. But if he's in you, then you'll be unchangeable. Because Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there's one thing about Jesus that I want to make sure I line up with, it's the way that he was unchangeable. It's the way that he stayed the same. And, and that's the reason that he loved people because he was unchangeable. That's the reason he had mercy every time because he was unchangeable. And if I want mercy and if I want love and if I want compassion, then I will be unchangeable. Because if I'm not, sometimes I'll say, oh, Lord, forgive them. Sometimes I'll say, got what you deserved. I want to be unchangeable. But I tell you what, I want to be unchangeable because I want to treat people the right way. But I want to be unchangeable because the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I don't want to be thinking, okay, God's this one day and God's not this that day. I want to make sure that I am living my life on the line, that I am walking with my eyes on him, and that I am going to make it to glory one day. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord confirmed Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus completed the mission with complete success only because he didn't change. But the Bible says he was tempted in all points as we were, yet without sin. You know what sin does to a child of God? Changes them. The Bible says sin separates us from God. When, when we get, fall back into a lifestyle of sin, no matter if we've been born again or not, fall back into sin, you know what it does? It puts a gulf between you and God. You can't change what the Word says about it. It changed you. And if you hang around in it too long, it'll change you even more. The Bible talks about a man once, he's been, once his house has been cleansed and, and then now all of a sudden he can't find rest, so he goes back. But when he goes back, he takes seven other spirits, and now the, this time it's worse than it was before changed he should have stayed unchangeable 
You shouldn't have went looking for other things. Sometimes it gets dry serving God. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wilderness. Sometimes we find ourselves in the valley. But just like that shepherd wrote or that the psalmist wrote about that shepherd, he said, on the other side of that valley, there's a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil. He was offered all kinds of things. His sonship was challenged, everything. But it didn't change him. He was despised, rejected, mocked, scorned. People didn't believe him. They wanted to stone him, and it did not change him. Do not let the bad stuff, do not let the bad days, don't let those that scoff at you, make fun of you, or even the devil himself change you. Be like Jesus. So I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to love people. You can love people and still go to hell. You can do miracles and still be lost. He said there'll be those in that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not? Yeah, I don't know you. You might have done all those things, but I don't know you because you changed. He warned one church in the book of Revelation. He said, I know everything you're doing. He said, listen, you got to get back to your first love. You changed somewhere. Something changed. You're still doing this and you're still doing that, but you need to get back. You need to repent and do the first works. In other words, get back to what was working. Get back to what was good. Get back to what had you in the right place. He told one church, he said, because you're lukewarm. You know what that means? That the hot water got cool. It changed. It didn't keep an unchanged temperature. It didn't stay steady. It, it, it didn't uh, keep what it had. It didn't keep the fire burning. Or maybe it's cold water. You know what's good? Some, you know, hot water's good for some things. Cold water's good for others. He said, "I'd rather you be hot or cold." You know, we look like, "Well, I don't want to be cold," but sometimes, hey, you know what I like? I like cold water. Cold water's good sometimes. You don't wash everything in hot water, do you? Some things you wash in cold. So you need a little hot water. You need cold, but don't get that lukewarm. That's undesirable. Unchanged people in the Scripture always sticking with God. The number of years that Noah labored on the ark without a single drop of rain did not change him. You think about how hard it was listening to all those people that did not believe what he was doing. But it didn't change him. But it says that Noah did all that God commanded him. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and says, by faith Noah built that ark and it saved him and his family. David a man after God's own heart made terrible, awful, sinful mistakes. But it didn't change him because he repented. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He cried out, created me a clean heart. Renew, change me back. Get me back to new. I've damaged what's happened, but get me back. It didn't change his desire to live for God. Fiery furnaces, threatening kings, a den of lions did not change Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, or Daniel. You bow down and worship when that music plays or we'll throw you in. Let me tell you, whether God shows up or not, we're not changing. I don't care if everybody else around here is bowing down. We're not bowing down. When Daniel knew that the decree had been met, 
It said he went and prayed three times a day like he always did. It didn't change him. You might get thrown that down lines. Don't care. I'm not going to stop praying to God just because the king is upset or just because he's foolish or because anybody else. I'm not changing. Oh, but that's the king. Sometimes we get stars in our eyes with people because of their position or their power or their notoriety or, or who they are in this world and think, wow, if, if, if they're saying it, it must be true. Let me tell you something. You better stick with your preacher. You better stick with your word. You better stick with God. Joe Job, a loss of stuff, death of his children, sickness in his body, but it didn't change him. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Joseph was given dreams. Then he was sold into slavery. He was lied on, thrown in a dungeon, forgotten about, but it didn't change him because he still trusted God and he still served God and he stayed faithful to God. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, when he was about to go up to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 20, in verse 22, he said, Now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, and I don't know the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. I'm not changing because of the peril that I might be in. I have been beat by my own countrymen. I have been shipwrecked. I have been stoned and left for dead. People are always after me, even my own countrymen, but it does not move me. And neither count I my life dear unto myself. Why? So I can finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I'm not going to, if I change, then my message is going to change. If I change, my witness will change. You think, well, it don't change uh, my witness. It don't change my testimony. Yes, it does. Because your testimony is more than what God did for you at the beginning. It's what he's done for you every day since that. Your testimony is not just that one time at the altar. It is not just that one instance. It is that every instant from that point on. How God kept you and blessed you. Looked out for you. I'm going to tell you. The only change. I need. Is from God. And that's. And then after that. I need to be the same. The same yesterday. Today. And forever. I need to be. And now we grow. Like I said in God. That's, that's, that's all right. Because the Bible says he's the potter and we're the clay. He's got his hands on us. The prophet saw it. He said, I saw the potter, the clay on the wheel, and the hands of the potter marring it and molding it and shaping it and making it into what he needed to make it into. But listen, there are things in this world that will try and take the place of the hand of God on you. Situations that you find yourself in will try to step in the place of God and begin to mold you. Trials and tests will slip in and try to take the place of God and mold you and make you different. But you tell your enemy, you tell your trial, get your hands off me. There ain't but one potter in my life, and that's God Almighty. 
And the only thing that's going to shape me is God Almighty. The only thing that's going to mold me is God Almighty. I'm not going to let my trial change me. I'm going to let my test change me. I'm not going to let that, 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 that enemy come against me and change me. But I want to trust God to take care of me. In Job 23, so familiar. 23 and 8, behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he works, but I can't behold him. He hides himself on the right hand. I cannot see him, but it doesn't change what I know. He knows the way that I take. Even if I can't perceive him, this is one thing I know. I'm not going to change my mind about him. He knows the way that I take. When he's tried me, I'll come forth as gold. Then he says this, my foot has held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I have not changed what I believe about God just because I find myself sitting in the dust I have not changed what I believe about his word just because things have gotten a little tight, just because things have gotten tough. I see, I've see i seen people do it uh, over the years all the time, get in the middle of a hard trial, a hard test, and also want to start backing up what they do for God. First thing is usually they, they, they quit church. Why would you quit church when it got hard? That's when you need God the most. Or I, I watch them start laying down their consecration. I've been doing all this and still having trouble. Well, I promise you that none of us, we ain't no better than Job. And the scripture said that he was a perfect man, complete. He had it all together. I I read this to you uh, just last week. How that he was continually sacrificing to God, uh, sacrificing for offering burnt offerings and for his children because he was worried they maybe they was doing something. So I'm offering sacrifice to them. He said this Job did continually. He didn't change, and he didn't stop. He didn't quit. He didn't give up worship. He didn't give up holding on to his integrity. We can't do it. The book of Romans, I, I'm, I don't know where I'm at. I, I'm, man, I'm ahead of schedule. I figured I was behind a little bit. Romans 12, the first two verses. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Once you have decided to be a sacrifice for God, that means you can't take that sacrifice and conform it to this world. I have presented my body, a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable. That means it's got to be in line with what God wants if it's going to be acceptable. Hello. He said, you can't just bring any old animal in here for a sacrifice. It can't have a spot or blemish. The Bible tells me to keep, don't let my head lack any ornament. Let my garments always be white. He said, look. You don't just get to call it a sacrifice. It's got to be holy and acceptable to God. And once that, once it is right with God, don't change it. Don't try to conform it. Don't try to take 
what's perfect and holy and acceptable to God and mold it to the world so that it'll fit in with the world so that it won't cause you any grief in the world or you won't have any confrontations in the world. Because if you live for God, you will have confrontations in the world. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your way of thinking is this. I'm not changing. I'm going to be unchangeable. I'm not going to conform. I'm going to stick to what got me here. That you may prove. The only way you'll ever prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is to stay transformed and don't be conformed. Stay transformed. Embrace the transformation that God put in your life. And then Paul gives us some instruction over and jump to verse 17. Because these are the things that will change people. Recompense to no man evil for evil. So somebody's done you wrong? Okay. God will take care of it. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lie in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, because you get yourself in trouble. Revenge will change you. Revenge will change you. I'm going to get you back. will change you. It will cause bitterness in your heart, bitterness in your mind. So don't, don't let it change you. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Somehow, someway, God is going to make it right. God's going to bring it up to balance. He's going to balance that book. He's going to make it right. I will repay, saith the Lord. He says, this is what I want you to do. If your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall reap. You shall heap coals of fire on his head. You might just change them into being something that can be saved. You know, I've thought about this. A lot of people, you know, hey, you know, when you have an enemy, especially in wartime, like you read in the scripture, they had enemies and and they would be destroyed and I thought how Paul was such an enemy of the church, and yet God changed him and used him. And I'm preaching from his word right now. And so you never know if your enemy's hungry, feed him. We were all enemies of him at one time. And yet he has hung, he has fed us. He has given us, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Isn't that what Jesus said? You know who he was talking to? Enemies. The people that were enemies of the cross had not believed the gospel, were full of sin and filth. But he said, if you're thirsty, come unto me. You know what he did? Put some fire on my head. And then a cloven tongue of fire. Oh, and then he said, be not overcome of evil. But overcome evil with good. Don't be changed. 
Don't let circumstances. Don't let situations. Don't let sicknesses. I know Brother Paul knows it's tough. It's hard for someone standing here. To, to, but brother, don't let it change. You've got faith. I've watched your faith in God and, and, and Sister Jenny. I've watched y'all's faith in God. Don't let this stuff change. You keep believing, keep praying, keep hanging in there because God will come through. Some of you, I've watched you go through hell on earth and, and you're sitting in here tonight. But I want you to be sitting in here unchanged. Unchanged in what you believe about God. Unchanged in living for God. Unchanged in your witness for God. Don't let what you've gone through change you. Stay unchangeable. Psalm 119 is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it it lays out so many things about the Word of God and how this writer, how he feels about God's Word. 119 and 11, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, I've hid your word in my heart to keep me from changing. I don't want to change. I want to make sure I I stay in what you want me to do. Sometimes we go through things. In verse 51, he said, The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I haven't changed what I believe about your word. In verse 61, he said, The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. I'm still hanging on to the word. In verse 81, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. The wicked, in verse 95, The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimony still hanging on to the word of God. I don't even think I gave you all those scriptures. I'm just, I'm just reading off the Pages I have marked because I've had these words marked forever. In verse 69, he said, The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. That's tough when people lying on you. You just stick to God, and God will take care of it. God will make sure it works out all right. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I'm telling you, God will take care of you. You don't have to change. Don't let circumstances change you from being that good, faithful, wise servant that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. He asked the question, who then is that wise Servant, that faithful and wise servant. I made him a, you know, a ruler in my house, and I've given him instruction and things to do. And, 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 oh, blessed is that servant that when his master comes, he'll find him so doing. In other words, he hadn't changed just because Jesus was not back yet. And I know it seems like, when will he ever come? It might be tonight. Will he find us unchanged? Will he find us uh, like he, full of faith? He, he asked the question one time, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Will there still be people hanging on to this? Will there still be people believing this, living like they lived when they were so excited? It was so new to them, but now they've gotten a little weary of it, a little tired. Life's happened, so now they, you don't let that change you. You hang in there and you just keep on believing. Be unchangeable. Be unmovable. Keep doing right and receive the reward. Stand with me tonight. Honey, you can come to the music.
1 Corinthians 15 58, so familiar. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Now, the thing is, is that knowing what we know about living for God, we know that you could squeeze in there trials and tests and heartache and pain and sickness and affliction and all kind of things. We could squeeze all kind of different circumstances in the middle of that. But Paul knows the church knows that. They've seen his life. They know what he's gone through. They've gone through it themselves. So he says, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. I know that some of you have been persecuted. You've They've probably lost family members to the persecution in that day. and Or maybe they've got some that don't believe it. They're, they're no different than the church is today. Where people have imperfect lives. Where people get sick. Where people walk away. Where people get done wrong. And yet, be steadfast. Don't let that change you. Be unmovable. Don't let it change you. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because you know what? Those things don't have to stop your work for God. Those things do not stop you from being a successful witness for Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can be in the darkest place. You can be having the worst time of your life. And still the bright light of Christ shining out of you. Let me tell you, I'm telling you today what I know. That you can be going through the worst time of your life and you can be afraid and you can be scared, but yet you can still find this trust and peace that passes understanding and still pray for people and work with people and witness to people. You don't have to let it change your testimony or your witness. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor... It's not in vain in the Lord. God's not going to have you working for Him for nothing. It's never pointless. Well, all this I'm going through, it just seems pointless. It's never pointless. It's always going to prosper. It's always going to be a blessing. It's always going to be for your benefit and somebody else's. Your labor's not in vain. It's not just taking up time it's not just taking up years you're not just taking up space God's got a reason for you and he's got a reason for what you're going through for all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose so I'm going to open the altars tonight and let you come find a place to pray maybe you'll pray like that psalmist did Oh, Lord, my heart is fixed. Maybe you'll say, Lord, let me have the mind that you have. And let me just get down here and say, I'm going to set my face like a flint. And I shall not be ashamed. Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to make it all the way home. Let's pray together.
Thank you, Jesus. Thankful that the Lord's got his hand on us. Amen. Praise God. Appreciate you being in the house of the Lord tonight. Stick to your guns, they used to say. Don't change. Don't be like a leaf in the wind, whatever. Stick up for God. Stick with God. Stay with God. Hold on to God. Joshua told Israel, said, cleave to him. Hang on to what, what's got you here. Hold on to what you know is true. This world's going to be shaken. You're going to make sure you're hanging on to something solid. Praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. God's good to us. Don't forget, Sunday, 11 o'clock service only. So be here at 11. Brother Larry Phillips will be preaching. It's going to be a great time. God bless you, and you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.